All right, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports, our Red Sox podcast on the network. If you haven't already, subscribe to us, rate us on iTunes, and on Spotify, and on Podbean. Find us everywhere. You're going to find us. It's a Red Sox podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Go find us. Al Nahigian, Tom Fett. No, not Tom Fassett. Diego. Hello. Not Diego. No, Hello. no, not Diego. Who am I missing? Kevin? No. Oh, Jared's back. Hi, Sir Jared. Alan. Hi, what Jared. What are you doing my job for? Hi. Because you told me to do it before the show. So Jared Hi. is back. He is back in the back. hosting role. He's back. back. Jared, I'm going to kick it back over to you so you can take your rightful place in the show. How are you, buddy? We missed you. I'm a daddy. It's weird. Um, but yeah, no, we're back. We're talking this crap bag Red Sox team. Isn't it great? No. It's like the best season to be hosting a Red Sox podcast absolutely ever. And we said that last year, too, when they stunk. That was the best yeah. part about it. Of course, like Al said in the Triangle Podcast on Couch Guy Sports, go follow us everywhere. You know the drill by now. And you follow the YouTube page, everything. Um, Al, I'll be fully transparent. I haven't watched that much because they suck. Um, I before I, before yes. you go on, though, I do want to say one other thing. In Jared's absence, thank you very much to Kevin Perdios, Diego Galvis, Tom Salem Facet, John Sensi, all coming on, all doing a great job of taking the second and third chairs, respectively. They came in. They did their thing. They were awesome. But Jared and I are back. What I took from you always needing a third chair was that you just can't replace me with one person. That's what I, I took from that. You just I can't. I'm, a, I'm more than one person. And so, yes, I'm back just in time to talk this crap back. Red Sox team, there's a trade deadline coming up. Um, Al and I talked about everything but the Red Sox when he filled in for Nick Quags on Couch Guy Sports Podcast the other day. That so, was so much fun. Uh, it was weird. It was nice. We talked about the Celtics. We, talked, we got that out of our system. And now we're going to go back to doing what we know how to do best is talk about the Red Sox. Um, Al, we're going to finish this show with this Tachi's Jr. story. So that's where we're going to leave for the very end um, because the Red Sox stuff won't take that long. Um, and this is something that I want to talk about because it's just what we've been talking about. You know, baseball is a dying sport. It's becoming a niche sport. What's wrong with it? It follows all the trends of what's wrong with baseball. So we'll talk about the Tachi's Jr. story at the end. But um, one thing I want to talk about, one bright spot, one bright spot before we get into other things in what's been a terrible Red Sox season. Now, upside, they're probably one of the worst teams, so they'll get one of the higher draft picks and they can start stocking their system with some talent. But one bright spot, I really like Alex Verdugo. Uh, you, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get, right? It's this dude who plays in L.A. for Mookie Betts, so everyone's pissed already that you, you're losing Mookie Betts. Then he swings and goes, okay, well, this Verdugo kid, who is he? He's hurt. He can't even start the season. COVID happens. He's able to start the season because he was able to heal when we all couldn't do anything with our lives. Still can't. And now, finally, Ron Renneke plays him every day. He's productive. He's a loudmouth, which is amazing. He has energy. These guys have won, what, seven games this year? I think eight. Yeah, they're on a two-game winning now. streak. Sorry, it's eight now, two-game winning streak. My bad. <laughs> and he's playing like they're in first place. Alex Verdugo has talent, he has energy despite sucking, and he wore David Ortiz cleats the other night. All in on Alex Verdugo. Thank you. Do not trade him. Alex Verdugo has been, like you said, he's been one of the few bright spots on this team this year. And listen, for all the fans that are going to say, oh, we, what about his past? What about all the, the weird stuff that went on in the past? The troubling stuff. We get that. But on the field, we're talking strictly on the field right now. Verdugo's great. I mean, the other day when they broke their winning streak against the Phillies, the Red Sox Twitter page caught a, a small video of him being like, "Woo, we did it. It's over. And it's like it's stuff like that that in a season like this, 
you need a little bit of that spark plug. You need a little yep. bit of that energy guy. There's one guy usually like that on every team. And for this team specifically, it's Alex Verdugo. And you know what? He has, what, three, four years left on his contract, team-friendly deal? I, 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 yeah, I kind of like this guy on the field. I kind of like him. Yeah, he's not Mookie Betts. I'm, I'm prefacing that. Like, he's nope. not Mookie Betts. He's, Nobody's Mookie Betts. No one's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has hit, like, an insane amount of home runs. Um, he's an MVP candidate again. Like, that's just what he is. But Alex Verdugo, current season, he's batting 282, solid. Five homers, 10 RBIs, 14 runs batted in. Four, uh, 14 runs, excuse me. Pretty solid, good. right? And, and he didn't start the season playing all the time. No. Alex Verdugo is the right fielder of this team, or just an outfielder long-term of this team. Um, and we're going to talk about, like, untouchables because they've started talking about trade deadline because it's next week and we will do a show next week focusing more on like what we want the red sox to do deadlines we'll talk about any moves that have made between now and then but alex verdugo is someone that you just traded mookie bets for i know verdugo even said himself don't compare me to mookie bets i hate that you kind of have to and if you're trading mookie bets away and verdugo is the centerpiece of this why you can't trade him like you've got to time to pan out you need some talent right and this lineup is pretty good at the core um because I, I and the reason why it sparks this is john Heyman put out a, a thought of like could the red sox alex verdugo be a good trade piece for some of the pitchers in cleveland who have lost faith with their team right um which you know young pitchers over in cleveland could be a good fit but would you trade alex verdugo i, I don't know um i would say no i think he's one of the few untouchables on this team um but Overall, I'm, the, the few games I've been able to watch, because, again, Celtics playoffs line up with the Red Sox. Sorry, I'm watching the Celtics. Um, Same. Bruins, Same. As Bruins I got my playoffs. shirt on. Bruins have lined up. Honestly, last night, Alan, this is how bad it's gotten. This is how bad it's gotten. Last night, Thursday, what was yesterday's date? I don't even know. August, uh, August 20th. August 20th. Thursday, August 20th. What do you think I watched instead of the Red Sox? Something golf-related. The New England Revolution. Ew. Oh, I yeah, New- I saw your tweet. I should have known that. The New England Revolution were on the same time as the Red Sox. I watched the New England Revolution, 0-0 tie. Great game. They played well. I'm a soccer guy, for those of you who didn't know. So I like I do actually enjoy watching soccer. I'm a Premier League guy. I'm a Man U guy. Hit me up at Jared underscore Scali. I'll talk Man U all day. New England Revolution, I watched over the Boston Red Sox. And you wouldn't expect that from me, Al. Host of Into the Triangle podcast, Red Sox baseball fanatic. I chose not to watch them over a Revolution game. That's where we're at. And you know what's funny is we talked about this on the Couch Guy Sports podcast, too. You and I are casual Bruins fans. We're not diehard Bruins fans. But right now, Jared, especially in the second round, if they play the Lightning, you're going to watch that game over a Red Sox regular season game, especially when they stink, right? If the Red Sox were good in a 60-game season like it is right now, you know, I might have done a split screen or watched the Red Sox over the Bruins. You would have at least done a split screen because I would have tried to do the same thing. I would have tried to flip back and forth. Yeah, I would do the exact but you know what? The, the night of those Bruins games, those Red Sox weren't on my phone, weren't on my iPad, weren't on anything. I just watched the Bruins game because you know what? I, I knew the Red Sox were probably going to lose. Yeah, I mean, just in good faith, I tried to keep them like on my MacBook. I tried to throw it up on MLB.com, get the game day, just sort of... Like during intermission. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I'll throw them on, but you know what? You look at the phone and go, oh, they're down 8-2. Great, I'm not going to watch. The game's over. Um, that's where we're at for this Red Sox season. So Red Sox suck. Pitching's been abysmal. I don't even know who they're pitching anymore. Like I hear names and I'm like, dude, I like baseball. I don't even know who these guys are. So that's where we're at with the pitching. The offense has been underwhelming to say lack of a better term. They haven't been what we're expecting. Devers has been awful for the most part. JD Martinez hasn't been great. They keep blaming it on the video loss, all that crap. Um, 
we'll talk about this next week, but like trade JD Martinez, it's not worth it. Just get rid of him. Cut bait. Um, these guys that are in slumps blaming video, I get it. Like you've been relying on it, but as a manager who I, I'm now disliking more and more, Ron Renicky has no control. These guys are checked out. These guys don't want to be there after their, their start. They just went, you know what? We're out. Like the season's over really in a few weeks. And at that point I can go back to my life in the bubble and these guys can go play playoff baseball. And maybe we'll have a regular season next year with Alex Cora as our manager. Like, I think that's where a lot of the core guys are at right now because this team is so bad. J.D. Martinez said it's really hard to be to, to feel like this and lose like this. Ron Renicky even said, yeah, it's not really great the way things are going right now. Like, that's what he – even the manager said it. I, I do have one question for you regarding the trade deadline. This is the only t- this is the only thing we'll touch on regarding the trade deadline until our show next week. In my mind, I have four guys that are untouchable for the Red Sox. Yep. Do you have the same four, and do you have either less than four or more than four? I have less than four. I don't know who your four are. Okay, so let's let's see. All right, so let's see if we're on the same page here. Who are your guys that are untouchable? Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo. That's it. That's three. Then the fourth one, in my mind, Nathan Eovaldi, because you're going to need him next year. You're going to need Eovaldi next year. Because think about this: you get rid of him, right? Rodriguez comes back. Hopefully, you know, albeit with the COVID complications and everything. Hopefully, he comes back healthy. Chris Sale, you're not going to get back till the All Star break. But even so. Those two guys are lefties. And then after that, who do you have in this rotation? Martin Perez comes back, probably. Another lefty. So it's like you need that solid righty starter. And Nathan Ivaldi is showing this year that, albeit it's a shortened season, when he's available for for a certain amount of time, he can be really, really good. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think they're going to trade him because I don't think they'll get much for him. Like, I think Ivaldi's here because they won't get much for him. My only other, my four, I honestly thought this is where you were going, was Christian Vasquez. I think he might be the other one that for me, because you need a long-term catcher and I mean, they're harder to find talented ones. I, I think Christian Vasquez might be my fourth. If you made me out of fourth, but I'm even willing to trade him for the right fit. And I love, he's, I'm a yeah. big Vasquez guy. Like I love Christian Vasquez. I don't think they're going to trade him, but my three untouchables are, you don't trade Bogarts for anything. He's a lifer. He should be. You don't trade Devers for anything. Cause as soon as you bring Alex quarterback, he's going to play better. And you don't trade Verdugo because it looks terrible. How about and, so how, and you want to see and you want to see he's a locked up. Why would you trade Verdugo? He's he's a good piece because he's locked up. But for as a Red Sox team who cares about their money, he's not making a lot of money. He's talented, and you traded for this guy to replace Mookie Betts, and you gave away the uh, what was his name? I'm already blanking. The guy they said no to who's pitching for the Dodgers now. Oh, uh, Gratterall. Gratterall, who looks phenomenal. You said no to him to bring in Jeter Downs, who he better do do great things now, which I think he can. He might be your second baseman of the future, but. Look, you cannot trade Alex Rodrigo. It just looks terrible. So, so how about this? How about this for a little spin zone, a little plot twist here? Coley plot Mick twist. On, Coley Mick on the Section 10 podcast on their last episode came out and said, you went out and traded the guy that should have been viewed as, you know, untouchable. So at this point, nobody is untouchable. Not even Devers, not even Bogarts. How about that? I mean, that's, I, you got to think that's what Heim Bloom's thinking. Because he even said, like, no one's really untouchable. Um, and Heim Bloom came out and said that. Um, and like, I get it. I, I have all the faith in high bloom because you know what? His reputation speaks for itself. Um, and now, again, now he has money. Um, I would personally hate if they traded Xander Bogarts because he's my guy. And I think shortstop's been such a terrible position except for like back to Nomar. Um, at, it's been a rotating door to find a shortstop to play at Fenway park. Um, and now you finally have one who's young, who's good and can play for a very long time. 
you don't trade that unless it's absolutely necessary. You have other pieces that you can get value for. I think I still think there's value for JBJ. Um, Benintendi better start playing better, but there's value there potentially. Um, if you could, you could talk me into trading Devers, but I really don't think it's worth it. It's um, a deal that would have to blow you away for Devers. That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Out of the water. You could talk me into trading like like Dahlbeck. Fine. Michael Chavis. Fine. Like if you can get value back, by all means, you trade Michael Chavis, you bring much more on back. Like that's fine. Like so, all those things are okay, and those are probably gonna ha- those are things that are gonna happen. Like Red Sox fans, don't be surprised if Michael Chavis gets dealt next week. Wouldn't surprise me. So, so here's something that we did a few weeks ago in your absence. So when it was me, Diego, and Kevin Perdios, we came up with one move to help this Red Sox team, whether it be at the deadline or next offseason. So, for example, I said sign Trevor Bauer in the offseason. Diego said maybe you make a splash, try to go get a guy like Francisco Lindor. Kevin said go sign a guy like George Springer. What's one move that you would do, if not one of the moves I already just said, that you think would help the Red Sox? See, mine is George Springer. And, okay. and this is something that Nick and I have talked about on the Couch Guys Sports Podcast, too. As soon as Mookie Betts was traded, I'm like, well, great. George Springer is a free agent. Go get him. You have money. Go bring in George Springer. Because right now, again, Verdugo's great, and I love him. Your outfield doesn't have Mookie Betts in. George Springer is now in an Astro situation where they all are, like, getting miserably thrown at, beat up, all this stuff. You need to get someone back. And you know what? A lot of those guys in Houston might need a fresh start. Separate them. Disperse them across the league. Houston might not be able to, I mean, they're not playing well. Houston might need to break it up at this point, and that, that sucks for them. But, like, a guy like George Springer, does he go back to Houston and deal with that crap again? Or does he change try to change cultures, hopefully play for a guy in Alex Cora, and have that different culture? George Springer would be phenomenal. Well, not only that, too. George Springer has the postseason reputation, and people forget this. He's a New England guy. He went to UConn. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it, yeah. wouldn't it be like almost like a like a reunion? To sort of bring George Springer back home in a sense. So I would and, love I would love it. And he patrols your center field. he patrols center field for you, and there's your leadoff hitter for the next four or five years. Or yeah, maybe that, takes, or if not that long, we'll say like two to three years. There's your yeah, next lead, and there's your he, leadoff. He's, and he probably stays longer, and then you still can keep Ben Attendee at that point because he just hate can't lead off. You let him hit second or something, and then you you're you're built. Like George Springer's an easy replacement when you because you're gonna have money to make us feel better about the Mookie Betts thing. Because George Springer's not Mookie Betts by any means, but he's really damn good. And it's, he's... I mean, it's almost like it's almost like if to go to another Boston sports team for a second, the Celtics. When Kyrie Irving left, everybody was, you know, sort of happy to see him go. But talent-wise, you bring in Kemba Walker, who may not be good talent-wise, but overall, he was just a better fit. Who's to say that George Springer can't be sort of the same thing? Where he's Kemba Walker's not good? No, 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 no. I said he's not as good as Kyrie Irving talent-wise. Oh, you just as... said not good talent-wise. That's all you said. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant, sorry, let me rephrase that. He is good. Kemba the killer, man. I know, no, I love Kemba. I do. Cardiac Kemba, Kemba. Kemba Walker is not as good as Kyrie Irving talent-wise, but for he, Kemba's a solid player, but for that Celtics team, he's a perfect fit, and he's very, very good. I'm saying George Springer can be sort of that comparison where – you're not going to replace Mookie Betts, but if you can get some of the same tools, sort of the same, you know, almost like repertoire that you sort of get similar to Mookie Betts, not a bad thing, is it? No, not at all. Um, Cam is pretty damn close to Kyrie Irving. We'll leave it at that. It's a Red Sox podcast. Um, look, <laughs> the, Red, the Red Sox should not trade Sandra Bogarts at all costs, but George Springer is someone that can come in and it, it, it's a great example. It really is like the Kemba Walker to Kyrie Irving situation. Um, 
really damn good, can be here for a while, and, and probably wants to be here. Like, if you told him he can come, play, come home and play for the Red Sox, who would say no? Um, except maybe because ownership sucks. Um, and if Alex Cora is your manager, then it's even more of a resounding probably yes. Because did, they all know, he, he played when Alex Cora was the bench coach in Houston. So, did, Do you realistically think that Cora is going to be back next year? Oh, a thousand percent. You're, you're crazy. You're Ron Renicky is the lame duck manager. I, he ain't going to be their manager next year. Oh, no. Renicky's going to be gone. Renicky's going to be gone. I well, agree. Why not bring you, Al- you really don't think Alex Cora is coming back next year? I I want Alex Cora to come back. I want it with manager somewhere. in my heart to, for him to come back. But I don't know if Heim Bloom is going to want to bring in somebody from the past that with all the just allegations and everything against Cora, I don't know if he's yeah, going to. But he didn't do anything in the Red Sox uniform. They already said that. So, well, look. You know, and, and I get what you're saying, but Heim Bloom might want to try to get his guy. And in his mind, Alex Cora could be, was Dave Dombrowski's guy. So he's going to want to get yeah, his guy. Alex Cora, I think Alex Cora is ownership's guy. Like, I think uh, they wanted Alex Cora. So, so this is the only time I'm going to do this. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Terry Cushman, Betty in the Bets podcast. He came out and said, don't be surprised if the Red Sox take a look at the Rays bench coach. I forget his name off the top of my head, but that's a guy that you should keep an eye on for, for managerial openings next season, specifically in Boston. I mean, it's a thought, right? Like, it's his guy, Time Bloom from the Rays. Like, he's going to always go, go up and down that organization to find guys if he needs them. But if you're Heim Bloom and say – Xander Bogarts, Devers, and maybe Ben Attendee. It doesn't really count because Ben Attendee sucks right now. But say say Devers and Bogarts, the core of your team, you're not trading them, you know they're going to be here. If they come to you and go, hey, man, we'd really love it, Alex. back. Like, we all played for him. Everyone here loves him. Can we make it work? If that happened, do you think he's going to say no? I would hope not, but he still might say, you know, I decide what's best for this team. I appreciate it, but you know, I'm going to make the best move for this franchise, whether that's Alex or not. You know, I'm going to make the move that I think is the best move. I hope I hope it comes to a case where all 25 guys in that clubhouse, whether they played for Cora or not, go into Bloom's office and say, "Hey, listen, Cora is our guy. He led us to a World Series in 2018. He knows how to command a clubhouse. Just bring him back." A little a little Rudy moment. Seriously, throw an old 23 jersey down. Just ah. <laughs> uh. Rudy, it just a bunch of gray away 23 core jerseys from when he played. Hey, just, hey man, Joe Montana confirmed on part of my take that that didn't happen, but it is what it is. Still a great scene. I don't care. It happened. It's fine. It happened. <laughs> Movies don't lie. Movies don't lie. <laughs> it was a great scene. Yeah, everything on the internet's real. I don't understand. Oh, uh, Jared, you have a lot to learn, young grasshopper. Yeah, the internet is real. Oh, God. Everything. You're going you're to no, have a t- There's no. Gonna what's have fake news? You're going to have. You're going to have a tough life ahead of you, pal. <laughs> You, be, you better you better teach your uh, your daughter that the other you know way what? around. Like you know what's on the internet right now? Fernando Tatis Jr. That's real. That happened. Yes, that is a thing that happened. Correct. That happened. Baseball's dying. It's a sport. It's on the internet. It's, it's real. It's happening. So let's talk about it because it's happening. Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> it's my failed attempt at a segue. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. is my hero. First of all, I'm jealous of him because he gets to be around Don Arcillo a lot. Miss him so much. Miss you, Don. Miss you, Don. I hope you're listening. We're a big, we're a big Don Arcillo podcast here. Love to, More than love welcome to come on, Don. More than welcome to come comes, on. Here comes the pizza. So it's, it's my favorite thing ever. The best <laughs> thing. I don't care all of his home pizza. run calls. Here comes the pizza. <laughs> uh, I could talk about that all day. Um, oh, great. Okay, so now we've talked about it on this show a bunch of times. Baseball, dying sport. And this is how we're going to wrap up the show because, again, Red Sox suck. We know that. Fernando Tachis Jr., did what old-timey baseball people just hate 
just hate. And I heard, so if, for those of you that don't know, and you're listening under a rock, Fernando Tatis Jr. came up to the plate in the ninth inning, 3-0 count, bases loaded. Um, I don't remember the score. They were up by a good amount now. It was 10-3, to 3, top 8, 3-0 count. Thank you. I thought it was top 9. No, it was top 8. Okay, either way. It was late in the game. It was late in the game. Super late in the game, 3-0 count. So the baseball unwritten rules say when you're up by a lot, don't swing on a 3-0 count. Automatic take sign. And again, there are some situations for non-baseball fanatics and casual fans that if there's a 3-0 count, there are some people who would get a green light sign in a certain situation to swing in a 3-0 pitch because most likely someone's going to groove you a fastball to not walk you, especially in a bases-loaded situation. Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't think he was given the green light, but man, he got a grooved ball down the middle and he swung and hit a piss missile for a grand slam when they didn't need it. They were going to win the game. They were up by a lot of money, a lot, whatever. It didn't matter. Then after that, the Rangers hated it. Oh, poor, they, oh my God, the unwritten rules. You're not supposed to swing on a 3-0 count. You were already beating us a lot. Then you know what Fernando Tatis Jr. was forced to do? Apologize. Apologize for hitting a grand slam. Al, picture this. Top of the eighth inning, you walk up and hit a grand slam. Turn around later. Al, you need to go apologize or you're grounded. Like, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I know I shouldn't have swung. I'm sorry I hit the home run. No, it's a screw you guys. I hit a home run. And the best part of this is the next, t- next game, did you hear what his walk-up music was? I, I heard that there was a song that was like a troll song. I didn't hear what the exact song was. What was it? I'll give you I'll give you the hint. The, the artist was Justin Timberlake. Can you guess? Oh, this is gonna drive me nuts. And I'm I'm gonna give you like three seconds. I, I I don't know it. What what is it? Cry me a river. Oh my gosh. I should I should have known that. That is like, so funny. Ultimate troll job. That's what baseball needs. There's a reason why baseball is dying. Oh, it's a 3-0 count, and it wasn't a green light situation. You're not supposed to swing. Oh, um, it's an 0-2 count. You're not supposed to bunt. Why is there a guy in the, the second base spot that doesn't play second base? What is the shift, man? I'm anti-shift. I don't know why I use that as an example. Baseball purists bug the crap out of me. The fact that he was set to apologize. Man, he had a grand slam, and he shouldn't have swung. It was 3-0. I don't care. This is win as much as there's no mercy rule in baseball, Al, right? Like there's no fifth, five, run, there's 10 run rule in the fifth inning. This isn't not on the MLB, not on the MLB. Win 20 to nothing, win 25. I don't care. Fernando Tachi Jr. is a star in this league. And he's already on the West Coast, which makes it harder for him. This dude can ball. This dude hit that ball. Like I heard the pop on that, and I didn't see it live, obviously. I watched the replay. That thing was piss missile. And they had to apologize for it. Al, what the heck is going on with baseball? Baseball is becoming soft, man. And and we talked about this on Legends Lingo, too. So I'll say this the exact same way I said it on there. As a guy that coaches youth-level baseball, high school and below, I'm telling my guys, take the pitch. Because there have been four or five times this year where guys have not listened to me, swung 3-0, and popped everything up about 100 feet in the air because they got aggressive, too over-aggressive and popped everything up. Now, what was the score the- of the game? The score of one of the games, it was a close game, but that was also younger kids. So younger kids sometimes miss signs. I'm not going to be aware of that. Yep. Another one was a playoff game, and we were up 8 nothing, something like okay. that. So, But my whole thing is this. 
as a youth coach, 3-0. and Kids aren't going to have the same accuracy as a guy in college or even the MLB. You're getting walked. You're more than likely getting walked. So I don't want you swinging at a pitch at your ankles or at your face or whatever or doing what one of my older kids did and popped it straight up like 100 feet in the air. Well, because at that age, especially, and, and I played high school baseball and you did too, right. at 3-0 and you get a green light, you're like, ooh, I got a green light. Ooh. Exactly. They trust me to hit the home run. Okay, great. And then you're just swinging no matter what. Because yeah, you're, you're so, like, at that age, you're so immature. Like, you're just like, oh, I'm great. I can take it. I got the green light. And you're then swinging it's like, out of your it's like ass. Vladimir, you're swinging Vladimir Guerrero senior style, like, at over your head at the backstop. And you're like, oh, you are sorry, man. You gave me in the green light. Like, no. Well, not only that, too, right? But, like, college, and especially the pros, just play better. Pitch better. You don't want to get in a 3 0 count, Rangers? Pitch better. Throw Don't a throw three balls in a row. Don't throw three balls in a row. Even if you have to groove one one zero, who cares? At least one zero is a little more, different. He's more he's he's more likely to take one one zero. Like he doesn't know what's coming one zero. He knows what's coming three zero. Exactly. Like if I'm a hitter, you're getting a fastball right at the belt, and, right and it might even be a little less too. Like it might he, if this guy throws ninety five, he might throw an 87, 90 mile an hour fastball just to get it exactly. down the middle, groove exactly. one right down the plate. Like look, I agree with you. High school, little league, those ages. Teach them to like, okay, hey, there's a reason why you're taking on 3-0. These guys are probably going to throw the fourth ball, if not the next pitch, the pitch after. Just take. That's it. Exactly. Just take one. And three and one, you're going to probably get the same pitch. You're so gonna just get the, be you're ready. Gonna two, yeah, you're going to get two in a row. If he throws one down the middle, expect the same pitch, and then we'll light, hit on 3-1 if you get a good one. Like, But you're pro- he's probably going to miss if he's so inaccurate. He's throwing three straight balls. College, pros, they're better. The take rule shouldn't be a thing. I don't care what the score is. There's no mercy rule. These guys are professional athletes. I'm sorry if they get a little upset. Someone cranks a grand slam in the eighth inning when they're already getting smoked. I think the Red Sox feel right now. They can't buy a win for the most part. They, they care if you throw a grand slam in their face and in the game. No, they revel in it. They're like, screw it. Whatever. We suck. It doesn't matter. Look, there should not be a take rule. The unwritten rules of baseball are such crap. And this is coming yep. from a baseball guy who were taught them, right? Like when we were growing up, Al— it's instilled in us. And I, got, oh, I listened to the sports hub. I listened to everything because it was a national story. Everyone talked about it. Uh, when we were growing up playing baseball, they always told us to take 3-0. And the unwritten rules were there in purpose and for the sportsmanship and the glory of baseball. Go screw. The glory of baseball is from the 1920s. Baseball is a dying sport. You need flashiness. You need style. You need everything on top of what the base unwritten rules are. Listen, if I, baseball I, wants to be fixed, this has to be – this is a problem. This is a problem. It is a problem. And for the people that complain about it, like I remember last summer I played in the summer league. Granted, I'm a big guy. I'm not – I don't move very quickly. I happened to get a good read on the pitcher. We were we had a big first inning. We were up like 6, 7, nothing. I stole second base because I'm yep. never going to steal second base again, and I know that. And it's a kid that I knew, and I knew his delivery and everything, so I took advantage of it just to mess with him a little bit, just to have some fun. The next inning, I hear it from one of his teammates, like, you shouldn't be stealing up 7 nothing." I looked at this kid. I'm like, what are you, an idiot? Like, it's the first inning. Like, it's little things that, like that that you just want to try to stay away from. It's like, the first it, inning, and they're like, stop stealing. Stop stealing. Uh, it's the no. first, we got six more of these, man. And like, I literally said to him, dude, I'm never going to steal a base again because I'm not going to be good enough to do it. So I took advantage. What do you want from me? It's you, literally gotta, you literally got to go, dude, bro, do I look like I'm going to steal another base? I know the guy. Shut up. You would have done yes, the same thing. Exactly. So the thing is, with Tatis, and another thing too, Jared, that people don't realize, he's playing for a contract. Like, what's to say that one home run, granted it was Grand Slam, that one home run in four RBIs 
doesn't equate to, you know, on the year, the difference between having 24 home runs and, you know, say 66 RBIs and then 25 home runs and 70 RBIs. Doesn't the 25 and 70 look a little better, especially in a short season? On a short season? season, yeah. Like, in a shortened season, you don't give up pitches. You don't give up opportunities. Like, San Diego Padres are a decent team that are fighting for a, a thing here. Like, they're having a decent season. You don't give up on opportunities in a shortened season. It's a totally different role. And even in a full, full 162, swing the bat. Full normal non-COVID season, swing the bat. Who cares? This is why baseball is dying, and this is why people think it's boring. Because people are forced to apologize for being awesome. Imagine, do you remember that game, Patriots for a second? Okay. A while back, Tom Brady against the Titans in the snow. It was like 52 to nothing. You remember that game? Yep. Yeah, 35 points in the second quarter. Oh, Tommy, you shouldn't be hucking up deep balls in the snow because you know what? The Titans, you're already up 40 to nothing. He threw a deep ball to Deion Branch like in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, there's no unwritten rules in other sports. Like, the only one that like I can think of that people do follow because why is like if you're winning in basketball and you have the ball, don't shoot at like the end of the game buzzer. But, like, that's just because they're all friends and they don't really hate each other anymore. Like, old to NBA, I could see Larry Bird just walking out and be like, in your face, Magic, and just shoot a three because who gives a crap? But, like, that's what I think of. That 52 to nothing, like, Patriots snow game when Bray just kept hucking the ball and hucking touchdowns. He might have threw the ball, like, 60 times that game. Fernando, Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr., if you ever listen to this, thank you for being you. And thank you for the next day stealing third base went up 6 to nothing in the fourth inning. That was fantastic. Did you see that too? Thank you for using Cry Me a River as your walk-up song because uh, God bless your soul and your intentions. Like Everyone that listens to this podcast who has, has a, takes offense to what Tachis Jr. did, swinging the bat and stealing third, I guess, unsubscribe. I don't even want you here. Take, you don't actually like baseball. Take the stick out of your butt and just enjoy the game. That's it. Enjoy the game of baseball. Enjoy the young superstars. Enjoy a guy that like Fernando Tatis Jr. who's going to be – one of the faces of the MLB in the next couple of years, Jared. So if I mean, we're because of all this, it might have it might have just skyrocketed him to well, the front only, of the line. Not only that, how about Jace Tingler apologizing for Tatis and saying I would have preferred if he took there? Like, how much of an yeah. idiot do you have to look? And then, and, and then they were like, "Yeah, he might have missed the sign. I don't know. There was no sign. There Come was on. no way there was a sign. There was no sign. You don't care if he swings. If you're a coach, if I'm a manager in that situation, I go, why would I tell him to take? He's one of our best hitters. He had a 3-0 count. I don't care what the score is. We're here to win. We're professional athletes. As a baseball manager, that's what we say. But with the fraternity, the manager fraternity, you can't piss people off. I hate it. It's stupid. Into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Al, what episode did you say this is? 31. 31, and Jared's back. And Jared's back. I'm a dad. Baby girl. It's weird. I'm exhausted. My brain's been mush. Don't forget, rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. Uh, couchguysports.com the youtube channel we just added a fantasy football show for all you diehards out there like me definitely check them out they just launched we have other podcasts launching we had a bruins new podcast Patri new patriots, patriots podcast. podcast really new coming up we're covering all the sports we're covering all your bases if you're a gambling addict it's a really good the chasers on our network too so go check them out just out we've been saying it we're we're, we're, we're killing it we're doing great things um yeah, we we'll be back next week like i we said trade deadline do not trade dinner do not trade devers do not trade verdugo there's my advice for Heim Bloom. We'll talk about it next week. I'm assuming we'll see some deals between now and when we have the next show. So we'll talk about the deals that have happened and all that stuff too. Um, but until then, hope you enjoyed. We're back. The group's back. The, we're, the band's back together. Uh, Al, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Talk to you next week, guys. Take care. <laughs>